king, you know it. King already, already, you know it. Top everything, everything, you know it. King already, already, you know it. My body, so got a king body. Body gon' shine, bling, bling, body. Calling all the shots, ring, ring, body. Hello, and welcome to Black Girls Drinking Wine. Cha-cha-cha. Ladies, today we're going to be drinking a red. Don't worry, it's been slightly chill since, you know, it is hot as hell outside. Today we're going to be drinking Bridge Lane Wine Red Blend 2018. This is a wine from New York State. So let's crack open this twist-off bottle and give it a pour. And as you know, we are a big fan of twist-offs. Uh-oh. Uh, but we are not always successful with the twist okay. off. All right, let's. I'll try. My turn. You twisted it up for me. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Tell us more about this wine. Um. So I know that it's a Bordeaux style blend. So I'm expecting it to be medium bodied and have a fruity flavor. Um, but also some oakiness. All right. And if I'm not mistaken, this particular brand comes in all kinds of volumes. It comes in a keg. It comes in a box oh, wine. It, it comes, I think, in a can. Yes. Literally on the bottle, actually, it shows you all the ways. So, oh, next time oh, we need a box of this. You know I love my box wine. Yes. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. Ooh, I'm smelling cherry already. It tastes, it's lots of body. It's very thick, like a thick man. Oh, okay. It's, it's like giving you notes of grower, not a shower. Yeah. You know, yeah. like gray sweatpants. Mm. Ooh. Imprints. Eggplant gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> like, can't really tell if he's wearing draws or not. He not. <laughs> I have to say, I am quite surprised by how good this is. Yeah. It's a little peppery, too. It's a little peppery, definitely full on the body. I will definitely be getting more of this. Yay! <laughs> it's my favorite. This is incredible. You know what? When I start dating again, and if I ever have a man over, this will be what I use to trick him into. Into what? Into cooking for me. Okay, because <laughs> now we're not sure. Um, we are recusing ourselves legally from any future issues that may come up. He's going to cook for me. <laughs> All right, ladies. We got so much positive feedback from our last episode. People have reached out saying really wonderful things about what they appreciated. And in the episode, we mentioned a lot of things that we wanted to follow up on. So this episode is really just us following up because we had so much to say. We had a lot to say. I don't know why my voice was so deep. I think it's the body and the wine. Yeah. And I was going to say something else, but it's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Tiffany had mentioned loyalty, yes. fake news. Loyalty. And it really made me think about our precious Megan the Stallion. We love you, Megan. We love all. you, Megan. And basically, Tori Lanes shot her in the foot when she tried to leave Wait, the vehicle they were in. Has that been confirmed? He, she hasn't said it, and he's not talking, but she was with other people. And people close to her have been sharing this information. But anyways, people are making fun of the fact that she was shot in the foot by a man. But yet, with Kanye and his dumbass, y'all talking about, but he's a genius. Give him a chance. Y'all are being really hard on him. Y'all are assholes. And making memes. Mm -hmm. He said, we're looking at you. He doesn't need, like black women anyway, so. We need more black men to step forward and, and just, like, 
love on her. I mean, I feel like as black women, we're always stepping up for one another. Like no one's going to defend you like another black woman will. Um, but it's getting tiring. And there was one incident in particular that really pissed me off this morning when I woke up and saw what that heifer Chrissy Teigen did on Twitter. Do you guys know about this trend that they're doing with the jokes? No. no. Okay, so there's this thing going on now on Twitter where you you say that you would make a certain type of joke, mm-hmm. but it, hmm, and it relates to whatever the joke is. So for example, I'd make, um, I'd make a Charles Manson joke, but it kills, right? Okay. And then um. Monica Lewinsky jumped on the bandwagon, and she was hilarious. She was like, I'd make an intern joke, but it, that's that, never mind. And everyone was cracking up. This little heifer Chrissy Teigen. Not even a problem to make a joke about. I'd make a Megan the Stallion joke, but it needs to be twerked on. Then follows up with, before you guys start, I love her. No, you fucking don't. If you're tweeting anything about Megan the Stallion, tweet about your outrage at the fact that she was the victim of gun violence at the hands of a man. But now you want to make jokes about her? That's literally the only thing you've tweeted about her. And you know what, Chrissy? I know that you hide behind being half white, but that was a very white woman thing for you to do because when everyone called you out in your comments, bitch, you deleted the tweets and went private. You have like 10 million followers. Who the fuck are you hiding from, bitch? Let me tell you another thing. I don't care that you're married to John Legend. He can executive produce all the fucking slave movies he wants to. We all looking at John sideways since he married your ass. Anyways, my point is, Chrissy, don't be a white woman about this. Fucking apologize. And don't make this shit about you. Period. Period. The other thing I also want to add to that, so well said, as always. I mean, just takes my breath away. Thank you so much. I, I was, it was really weighing on my heart. I know. We, we know. I also just feel like with Chrissy making that joke, and I know you hate when I use this word, but I'm about to use it. (laughs) As Chrissy is not part of the community, Mm. I find it very interesting that her being married to a black man Mm -hmm. with children who have like African-American and or black heritage, that you can say that. But as we said in our last episode, it's always the women who want to siphon from our culture, but in the same breath, make a joke when our lives are literally like in danger. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I, I still got to go one more thing because she also uses the whole, I don't have a filter. I'm quirky. That, that, that's the shit that white women use to be edgy and, oh, I'm so funny. But black women have to constantly censor ourselves because if we told y'all motherfuckers half of the shit we were thinking and if we didn't use our filters, y'all would need serious therapy. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I agree on all points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not much more that you need me to say or add on. But Let's segue into the meat of today's episode. Loyalty <laughs> equals fake news. Cheers. Can we just cheers on that? Loyalty. You might think, is that a Trump reference? Is that a love and hip hop reference? No. We talking about the relationships out there where they talking about, I need a loyal girl. Mm. You know, I've never heard no woman asking for a loyal man. So you got all these men out here, probably the same one that want an exotic chick, <laughs> asking for loyalty. Okay. You know what? Just, I just want to pull up the definition of loyalty. You know what? Teach them. Because loyalty is a strong feeling of support or allegiance. Mm. Mm. Why do I need to have allegiance? To my partner. Mm. If I love you, I don't need to have allegiance because that means that I can't fight you if anything you do is wrong. Mm-hmm. 
because I have an allegiance to you. So it doesn't matter what, whatever you do, I have to maintain that allegiance to you. Blindly. Yes. That's why loyalty is a male term. That I will stick by you by any means necessary through thick and thin, ride or die, another term I also don't believe in, because the imbalance is extremely prevalent. Again, just like marriage, just like pretty much any other institution where there is a heterosexual union, it benefits primarily men. Yeah. So in my opinion, loyalty should not even be a criteria in a relationship. Exactly. Of any kind. Friendships, nothing. Because really only men stands to gain from it in like a typical heteronormative relationship. Correct. And then also, it's kind of like, if I'm on Hinge or if I'm on a date and the man's like, I'm looking for someone who's loyal. I'm like, either you got to describe what that means or you're using the wrong word. Because if you describe it and it still sounds super hotep, then I'm going to just get up from the table. Exactly. And also, what are you bringing to the table? Exactly. To expect something that intense. You don't even know my middle name. You don't know what I'm allergic to, what type of sauce I like on my nuggets. Ooh. Or you want me to be loyal? <laughs> I mean, sauce on nuggets, like, that's like a, that's a big fucking deal. Don't mess up the sauce. Okay, it's all about the sauce. Where is the sauce? Do you do honey mustard? No, I'm a sweet and sour. Um, mm. I'm, I'm into honey mustard, but for my fries. Same. I like honey mustard and a little splash of ketchup on my fries. Oh. It's like, you know, it's like that little spicy but a little bit sweet at the end. Yeah. You know, kind of like me. <laughs> you know what I've been doing recently? <laughs> Sorry, we're segwaying. <laughs> But White Castle's tartar sauce. Oh my god, the fried chicken or like the onion rings. The onion rings, yes. Yes. I know my sister used to always be like, make sure you get 30 packs of tartar sauce. And I'm like, why? And then I finally had it and I was like, this tartar sauce? It reminds me of Just Fishy. (gasps) Shout out to Just Fishy. Black business alert. Oh yeah. Black business for sure. Shots are fire. Yeah, that that says a lot. We don't even need to say anything else. Now they'll know. (laughs) (laughs) Your guys' food is incredible. Um, but yeah, loyalty is just a very blind factor of love. It should not be a requirement or on your list for anything because that's stupid and I'm sorry. And also one of the things I was gonna say is what you were saying that if a person says, I want a partner who is loyal and they're unable to define what that means. So that means that you're walking into your relationships with these preconceived notions of what you think this quality that you're desiring means or should look like. But the person that you're trying to like be with, you have this automatic expectation that they're just going to fit whatever loyalty means, but you can't even explain it. Yeah, like loyalty is a high, it shouldn't even be an expectation, but you're asking for a lot. Like Mm -hmm. you're not being like, I want a partner that can have a job or that likes kids or that likes to stay in or likes to go out. Like you can't even describe loyalty. Like there's nothing where I can be like, oh yeah, I've been loyal. I can give you an example. Like there's nothing. I mean, next time I just mail you a doormat from Amazon if that's what you want. Mm. Amen to that. <laughs> I mean, speaking of loyalty, I mean this whole thing is about loyalty. This this topic, as I was speaking about it this morning, looking at the outline, really brought up some feelings about things for me. And we all have different opinions on the next few topics that we're about to talk about. But we all still love each other at the end of the day. So whatever happens past this point, know that we love each other. To piggyback off of that, we just this is this topic or topics. We want 
to represent the wide variety of opinions that we have, that Black women, as we identify as Black women, all of us have about this. So I think that I'm, I'm excited to get into this. I am. I'm sure you are. Um, so we're going to be talking about is marriage attainable for the black woman and we're going to have some stats to share also so let's get into this who's up first who's next go go well actually I I have to be honest um, normally I'm like a research nerd like I love looking up things and like synthesizing information and really thinking a lot about like sociological things but research for this episode took me a really long time because it's something that I'm personally grappling with as a black woman who would like to be married um and so I'm gonna get through this the best way I can (laughs) Please just, you know, bear with me. Um, So let's look at the statistics. Um, As in 2006, uh, 67% of white women ages 25 to 54 were married, while only 34% of black women were married. So thinking about that in terms of like, you know, fractions, that means two thirds of white women Mary versus one-third of mm-hmm. black women, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is also a reality we're living as black women, professionals, educated, in our 30s, no marriage prospects in sight. Um, and then I got some information from another website, the um, black uh, blackdemographics.com, um, that said that in 2016, only 29% of African Americans were married compared to 48% of all Americans. And even looking deeply, 50% of African Americans have never married compared to 33% of all Americans. So I do know that generally in this country, there is a decline in marriage. 6%. But specifically in the African American community, Community. It's a very sharp decline. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about loyalty, oftentimes as black women, we feel like we are more loyal to black men than the other way around. Mm-hmm. And what I found fascinating in our in my research is that that's actually true, that black men are twice as likely to marry non-black women than black women would marry non-black mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. okay? So so technically, we are very loyal, and it's not paying off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're not getting that same, you know, energy. Mm-hmm. And even in uh, 2013, 25% of black male newlyweds married non-black women while only 7% of black women married non-black men um, back in 2017, and of that 7%, 4% married white men. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think it's really important to look at because this is something that we have been feeling, but to really have that be affirmed and validated through the research mm-hmm. and thinking about me personally as someone who I've never dated outside. Of, well, can I say date? Well, I've only dated within the race, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like seriously dated, right? Mm-hmm. And I've only now recently tried to be more open to the idea Mm -hmm. because statistically speaking, as black women, to increase our chances of marriage, we have to date outside of the race. We cannot like just limit ourselves. I hate that I'm saying limit, but that's really what we're doing by being loyal because we're not getting the same energy in return. Black men are, are twice as likely to. Yeah to not marry um, a black spouse. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. When you hear these statistics, what are you guys feeling? I mean, definitely I agree with what you said. Like, even like if I'm doing a hand count of the amount of white women that I heard come into work one day, I'm engaged. And it's like, Mm -hmm. 
another one. And it's literally a group chat of all the black people at, at work being like, yeah, another one got engaged today. And it's like, yeah, another one got engaged on my end too. Oh my God. So it's just like, it's obvious that it's like a thing yeah. of uh, white people are, have, a, have a higher rate of being married and getting engaged. But I'm like, also within those statistics, there's mm-hmm. other numbers that show like, okay, so 12% of the population of America is black. 16% of the black people in America are locked up. Wait, hold on, say that again? 12% of the population of the U.S. is black. Uh-huh. 16% of the black population is locked up. Okay. So then, that's already one thing, because even if there's already a part of our population we will never meet, mm-hmm. we'll never get to marry, mm-hmm. we'll never get to date. Is that the men locked up, or this is like men and women? Men and women. Okay, okay. Then, you have financials, and like, it costs money to start a family, it costs money to have a baby, it costs money to marry, so basically... In 2018, the poverty rate for black people were 20% versus white people. The poverty rate there was 9%. Ooh. So it's like there's already a one-up mm-hmm. of white people being able to buy engagement rings, being able to host weddings, like being yes. able to start a family. Like we don't have that one-up clearly because they don't have to worry about finances or it's not as as much of a strain as it is on us because mm-hmm. it costs money to have a wedding and I'm sure like the ego of a black man he doesn't want to buy his woman like some cheap ring like just, there's so many other things mm-hmm. going into this this also makes me think about because there's also generational wealth to think about yes black and women don't have, don't have parents that have all this money saved up to pay for our wedding oh and yes <laughs> it's every conversation I've heard of a white woman in my office getting married is like yeah so my family's paying for this part like oh, it's like must be nice <laughs> if I ever get married I would never be like hey mom yeah like I would never like it's not even an option for me mm-hmm. because yeah no whereas for the white population that is a very real option and even thinking about salary um in 2017 mm-hmm. The salary for black people averages 40K versus white people, which is 68K. Mm. That's a 28K difference. Yeah. So, in my mind, getting married is a luxury. I mean, looking at all of these numbers, mm-hmm. marriage is a luxury. Well, I also think, though, specifically weddings. Yes. You know, luxury. Because I've, I've been in my fair share of courthouse weddings. Those those are the black weddings I've attended. Yeah. And then I remember being in a wedding last year. It, it was a white wedding. So, yeah. you know, it was, you know, it, it wasn't in a courthouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think even, like, weddings themselves are, yeah. and that's something that I could see that being a hindrance to uh, black couples yes. thinking about their futures. It's like, do we save money up for a wedding or a house? Yeah, or... exactly. So yeah. it's not like, even though people are like, a wedding's just optics. If it's real love, then just get a ring and go to the courthouse. And it's like, why do I have to settle for that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I really can't afford it, I won't. I know if I was in a position where I can't afford a wedding, I don't want to get married. For sure. Like, I don't want to have a courthouse wedding. That's just not my personality. Yeah. And it shouldn't be, like, a ding. Like, see, black people don't get married. And it's like, we're not getting married because we don't got money. I would totally get married at a courthouse. I know you would. And then have a backyard bash. <laughs> Honestly, most of the money would go to having a backyard bash. Like, the most West Indian party yeah. to celebrate my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it'll start at 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the invitation says 6. <laughs> So annoying. That's a very real, a very real thing. Where did you um, uh, learn this information? What was the website? The government. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> the, the government. The, um, <laughs> it's the way you said it, not what you said. Wait, hold on. Like we said, the Census Bureau. Oh, okay. And yeah, the government comes out report with reports every like few years. Okay. Like the majority of the reports were from 2017. Nice. And I think that before 2017, the last reports were from 2013. Yeah. 
So it's hard to also find data on this, which yeah. I'm like, why is this not being researched on what you're gonna say? No, I was gonna I was sighing um because my thoughts so just to kind of be transparent. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I am not someone who necessarily desires to be married. So I am the oh. anomaly here. You're not the anomaly. I mean, technically, out of the three of us, statistically speaking, only one of us will make it. So. <laughs> and most likely will be you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it will be you. It is 100% going to yeah. be you. Yeah, wow. the other two will just be friends. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, the research study on that has not been done yet. I literally would bet my whole 401k that Alicia will be the first one to get married out of all of us. Now you know black people can't bet that. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am the anomaly here where I do not desire to be married. But the great thing that was um, that I picked up on, not great, but the thing I picked up on listening to the both of you um, is obviously the overall theme of inequity. Right. So there's obviously generational wealth issues that stem, obviously, from slavery, so many other things um, there, which I actually not to get deep. But if you need to turn off this part of the episode, too bad. Uh, bringing up slavery, actually. So mm-hmm. the in my and this again, these are my opinions, the family structure was completely dismantled do as a byproduct of slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Separation. There was not an emphasis on having two of your parents in the home or a sense of closeness. And throughout that trauma and tragedy, right? Like we actually, I think like we're like when we're together, like that becomes like a big deal. Like mm-hmm. when we're together, oh yeah, you're black, I'm black, like you know, because of what we what we have gone through as a people. Um But the downside of that, you know, for black men and black women and and those and those who choose to identify as men um, and are women is that that thing of what you were talking about, Tamika, about black men being twice as likely to date outside of their race. Yeah. Right. So obviously in slavery, during slavery, there were so many sexual traumas, physical traumas that were endured by black men and black women. Right. So whether it's colorism, the physicality of black men, you know, supposed to be strong providers. And we see that today in how, like, you know, like the way our sports teams are set up, the way that, you know, black men are desirable because allegedly their sexual appendages are considered to be bigger. You know, you know, whatever it is, whatever the, the, you know, the fascination is or, you know, fetishization is. And for me, I think the reason why I don't desire being married has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. It's For me, it's like I would rather just have my things and live a fulfilling life than to deal with any of that. And yeah. if it means that my life is fulfilling and I never get married, full disclosure, I also don't desire children. Again, anomaly. <laughs> I don't desire children. I think for me, it's easy to dissociate myself from all of the the things that get in the way of black love. Mm. So I think it's because I've I've dissociated myself from it. I don't desire it. So therefore, I don't really think about it. Um, And what you were saying also about the statistics of like things that affect us today yeah. in terms of the incarceration rates, education gap, the wealth gap. They're just straight up fucking killing us out here. Yeah. Um, we didn't even consider that. And again, I feel like there's a, right, no, there's a, they're, right, there's they're a, killing people that could have been our husbands. Correct. Killing our husbands and wives. They're killing our husbands and wives, right? And then there's that modern, it's almost as if the modern day effect of slavery in the present. There is a strong push for black people to not be together. Whether it's things like that are happening again, we're getting murdered, the social media poll, the sexism, the misogyny, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. there is 
always an ever since we were brought here unwillingly there's always an ever-present force i feel of us just to not be together yeah and no matter again whether it's you know the prison system stats the interracial stats the education inequity stats to me it falls under the umbrella of there are so many things working against us to not be together I do not have the solutions, obviously, as to how to fix that, how to navigate that, because as I've said, I am the anomaly. I do not, I am not a person who desires marriage or children. So for you guys who actually want that. Oh, we're fucked. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) the summary of what she just said is, for me, I am fine. I'm for you. Y'all are fucked. <laughs> to clarify, what I was going to say... I need more wine for this. <laughs> was that... I knew she was going to end on a for me. No, 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 no. What I, I was going to say, it made, it made me understand more of, like, because you guys desire marriage, but also marriage, like, within the race, right? It makes me understand more the things that you guys, not that the, that you as black women, but we as a black people are working against and yeah. are working against yeah. us. I mean, yeah. the struggle is so real just in relationships with black men. Yeah. It's like, I mean, should we move into dating careers? Because I feel like, what you about to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot really say. could reflect your dating career. I and think like, we all do have a lot to say about and like, this. We want to know, like, what's your resume looking like? Like, well, you know, according to my resume, um, I, I'll say that I I got laid off late last year. <laughs> <laughs> and like, what's your experience? I got the, I got the severance. Um, oh wait, actually, I didn't qualify for a severance package. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, my, my dating preference um, has been black men. Um, I mean, you know, in previous episodes, I've mentioned that even as a little girl, I thought I would grow up and marry Michael Jordan. So just keep that as a visual for what what I've been looking for. Just a Michael I really, Jordan. I really wanted my chocolate babies. You know what I mean? Um, I guess just looking back... Um, I I dated really great guys, um, but there was, it was de- there was definitely a recurring theme of um, you're great, you're amazing, and I can't do this. There was some variation of that, whether it yeah. was um, like the self sabotage that they will do sometimes to kind of force you to break up with them. <laughs> why is that also a th- you know what? Why is that also a thing where it's like. You won't even break up with me. You're making me do this because you're because you're a punk. Well, you're a punk. In that situation, I think men benefit from being comfortable by doing nothing. So it's like if yes. I don't end the relationship, yeah, I still get to benefit from you know the great stuff that's currently happening, even though my relationship is crumbling. And again, this is why loyalty is a male term because yes. in that in that instance where you are aware that your relationship is failing. And you expect it to be loyal. But also, but also you know it's failing, but you know that you're not gonna do anything about it. And therefore, we as women are forced then to make the decision mm-hmm. for our own mental health yes. to remove ourselves from a relationship. But there's also that thing in the back that, okay, so if I didn't bring this up, were you going to just sit here and not do anything? Yeah, that's all. Men that are the number one do-nothing bitches I've ever met in my life. So so that's the thing, right? And, and it, it's frustrating because at the end, when a relationship ends, you can always look back at the beginning of the relationship and think about how much effort was exerted on his part, right? Mm-hmm. So they are really great at, like, starting things. Mm-hmm. And then the whole, like, maintenance becomes shaky and the ending becomes shaky. And I will say that, you know, my, my last relationship ended because he actually edited things. So that was my first time dealing with someone just breaking up with me. Like, I, I've, I've lived this long and no one's ever broken up with oh, me. So It's beautiful. Is it? I don't know. I feel mixed. <laughs> you know, and so, like, I definitely had, um, I struggled with a lot of 
things around that, like, wow, no one's ever broken up with me before. But also um, some of the reasons, I won't get into it because that's like really personal and out of respect for him. Um, I wouldn't do that. But it still felt super personal, right? Like, I mean, you were there with me when I was on vacation and like trying to hold it together, but it, it felt super personal. Like I was really trying to be understanding and like, you know, respectful of, of why. Um, but I had to kind of reflect on my own stuff of why that was very hard for me and what that felt like. And also the, the timing was, it was literally the worst time of year to do that. You know, I, I just kept thinking, I would never do this to someone. Why is this happening to me? Um, so it took me a long time to get to a place where I had to realize that that wasn't like personal. But that, with, with the exception to that, it has been a lot of like, yeah, you know, I'm going to stop trying and you figure out how to end this because I'm not going to do it, but I want to mm-hmm. keep you around. But, like, bare minimum stuff. So annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, my dating career is not as exciting. My career involves lots of babies. It's involved three children. Um, You were pretty snatched for some of them. Oh, I wasn't having the baby. Oh, 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 oh okay. Oh, mm-hmm. y'all thought I was having kids. No, I, no, I they it. was having kids with other people. Oh my god. Oh my god. So obviously, I went through a phase of like nobody wants to be with me. They just want to use me and then have kids in a life with someone else. But then it's always the. It's so funny. It's very like, but. I should have had a baby with you. You the one I should have been with. Oh my God. But I'm like, but you didn't have a baby with me and we wouldn't have had a baby because we're not married. And is that supposed to be a compliment? Am I supposed to feel good? It's making me feel good because you look like an idiot, but it's not making me feel good. Like, oh, you want to have a baby with me? No. So that's my dating career. So like I went through a phase of being like, no one wants me. They just want to have a life with other people. Mm-hmm. But now in my dating career, it's very making sure that anyone that I'm with, it's like, are you sex or you want to date? Mm-hmm. So just clarifying that in the very beginning mm-hmm. so that there's no gray entanglement area. Oh, oh hashtag entanglement. Um, yeah, so my future job career, dating career, is just making sure that there's no mixing between sex or if you want to date me, because then it's like, also setting boundaries and making mm-hmm. sure it's not like, oh, we like having sex and we like going out to eat. Yep. And we like talking on the phone every night. But I don't want to be with you. Like, no. It's like, if we like sex and have sex and then leave and like don't talk to me until you're horny or I'm horny. Mm-hmm. But if we're dating, then obviously there's a different commitment there. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like <laughs> for okay, so you got a good resume. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Your CV is looking. You know, you got bad experience. Oh my God, I didn't realize that it was uh, three pages long. Um, for myself, um, so my dating career has been interesting to say the least. Uh, I would say in my twenties, I had the mindset that I was. Either be, I was that I was good at being in relationships. So, you know, in my head, I always had the thought that sort of a hopeless romantic, like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'll let, you know, I'll always, I'll find somebody. Um, I've had three serious relationships so far in my life. Um, but I was always kind of, I guess, considered an alpha female. So that means that I was in control, or I thought, uh, or I needed control of what was happening in the relationship so that I avoid getting hurt, that I avoided having things taken away from me, that I avoid, you know, putting myself in a situation that I could not rebound from. Um, And it worked in the sense that, yeah, I have experienced being in love, I guess, uh, you know, more than most people in my family. I've experienced, you know, being in relationships and, and what and having certain certain experiences in those relationships, and I learned a lot about myself. Um, but 
even so, the thing about kind of asserting control is that it's very lonely. Um, and you miss out on engaging and really getting to know your partner and also ultimately really getting to know yourself in those relationships because you become concerned um, with protecting yourself. And for me, I was raised in a house um, with all you know sisters where it was imprinted in me that the most important thing is you've got to protect your neck because somebody could come and snatch your stuff with the, if you're not paying attention. And it really caused me to not be present in my relationships. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm a bit of an anomaly where in my 30s, I'm kind of at the inverse side of that, where I'm trying to figure out dating in a pandemic or just being more present in my in the way that I show up in my relationships. Um, you know, as, you know, Tiffany and Tamika said, like, the other thing with that is also, yes, this also requires, like, awareness and emotional intelligence. So for me, the thing I'm struggling with is I automatically assume I have more emotional intelligence than my partner. Um, That's a safe assumption. It's a safe assumption. (laughs) Um, And it's a bit weird because, you know, you think when you're putting in this work on yourself, you're like, okay, all right, let me try to be open. And as somebody who is not an open person, trying to figure out how do I be open, how do I be more engaged, it's a lot of work. Um, So I think for myself, it sounds very strange, but I think sort of my dating goal is to be more open and present. But there's always a question mark of how do you do that um, when historically men, black men, struggle through Mm -hmm. through things that are kind of of their own doing and things that are, again, related to just overall inequity and, and just race, it's systemic racism and a lot of things. How do you figure out um, how to hold them to task? How do you figure out how to meet you at the table also? Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's weird, again, as someone who's dated and has had a lot of serious relationships, long-term relationships, mm-hmm. it feels strange to me because yeah. I'm like, do I get to complain if I'm... You're, you have a right to, and this is your experience. Right. Do I get to complain if I've um, done that? Oh, sorry. And to be fully transparent on this podcast, I can't believe I'm about to admit this. Oh, my goodness. I appreciate you. I have never been in a serious relationship with a black man. So to be transparent, I think that has shaped and informed kind of my either lack of desire to be married, my lack of desire to want children because I have not experienced or gone through a relationship with a black man. I like where you're going. So that brings me to the next topic. Black love. We still here. So we're going to have Alicia open up. Uh, so, with this topic, yeah. mm-hmm. because what we're talking about is we all have different interpretations of what Black love means. So again, although we may not agree, we love each other. It might get a little spicy. Spicier than this wine? Spicier than the wine. <laughs> but we going to make it through. And we're gonna, we gonna let whatever it takes. <laughs> we're gonna let Alicia <laughs> set it off for us. So, but, 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 okay. You, that's your experience. What's your thoughts on Black Love? Well, Black Love, we still here. As I said before, we, I, I almost, I, I almost feel like I can't talk about this topic because I haven't experienced Black. Excuse me. Black love in the setting of between heteronormative black love. Um, But there's a book actually that we are all currently reading or trying to get through because, oh my God. 
It's called All About Love by Bell Hooks, who is um, a black writer, a black feminist writer, a black uh, writer of black feminist literature. Um, and it talks not only just about black love in the setting of romantic relationships, but how we experience love within like the black community. How do we, what do we learn about it? How do, how do we define it? You know, what are our first memories of love and, or, you know, being loved when we did something wrong, being loved when you did something good or, or not sure how you were going to be loved because you weren't sure how somebody was going to receive something that you've done. Um, and again, being fully transparent as somebody who has not had a full, I, I'm trying to remember my, my own experience with black love, like outside of my family. I think the only relationship of black love that I've had with a black man is probably with my father. Um, and I think that that relationship transformed, um, kind of how I observed relationship, romantic relationships between black men and women in my own household, whether it informed my romantic choices as I got older, who knows? Um, but my, my own personal thoughts um, on black love, and I've said this, so trigger warning, because of what I've experienced in my own household, observed with other relationships between black men and women within my family, I have often questioned at, you know, the ripe old age of 33, soon to be 34, <laughs> does it exist? And it's a problematic thought to have because I feel like as a black woman, I'm constantly balancing, you know, constantly wanting to feel connected to my people, needing to feel connected to my people. And just, we just, we just gravitate to each other. It's a beautiful thing. We just gravitate to each other. Um, and then balancing also kind of like the stuff that comes with being together. Um, and just, again, what I've, what I've experienced. So it's kind of, for me, I don't know that I believe in it. Um, and again, I have not experienced it. So I, I'm not sure if this thought that I have is based off of something I haven't experienced yet. You know, does it mean that I don't think that it exists? Is it the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that was beautiful. I mean, let's just end the episode right now. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. And like, you know, I learn something new about you every day. I mean, every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. I mean, obviously... Uh, Oh, what an emotional episode. Oh, Are you feeling the feel? I'm feeling it's coming out of my eyeballs. Make it stop. You can tap me in if you need No, okay. you need to stay out of it. So <laughs> I mean. What did I mean? No worries, keep going. No, talk your talk. You know, I mean, with black love, like, I feel like we all desire it. And it's like, I want to marry black men. I want black men. And then it's like you see these black men just going after non-black women or black women that don't look like me and I'm dark-skinned. So it's like it's a whole different black. There's a whole other level of black love. It's like there's black love where it's like black men only date mixed chicks or light-skinned women. And then you have black love where it's like men that date whoever. doesn't matter whatever color you are. So it's like I mean, I gave up, like, the earlier this year. Tamika knows I was going on my white king journey. Honestly, when I, Corona. Get, when I get back in the dating scene, some brats and chats could get in the mix. I love a good brat and chat <laughs> mix-up. At the same time or separately? <laughs> I, I have to make up for lost time because I've just been dating black men who don't actually want me. So At the I same damn time. <laughs> brat chat, tad. Um, Jaden, Brayden, Hayden. Oh, I like a Hayden. Okay, Brayden, Hayden. Oh, God. <laughs> that name for my son, I like a Hayden. Imagine a black man with waves and his name is Hayden. Waves? Uh, you know what? Don't. That's not what the episode's about. Okay. Um, black love. No, but I feel like I definitely struggle. I go back and forth. I'm like, I hate black men. I'm not doing this anymore. Y'all don't want me. 
And then it's like, okay, let's not try to say all black men don't want you. But then it's like, okay, the black men that I have secure interest with, either they go have a baby with someone else, or they just look right past me and go to the mixed chick or Asian or white girl standing next to me. So it's kind of like, why would I want someone that doesn't want me? Yeah. So it's something I go back and forth with a lot. But then I like I think about, okay, if I don't marry a black man, then I'm like missing out on like the black holidays, like all the things that come with joining two black families together. And then it's like you wouldn't make Brad celebrate Masha Money and Kwanzaa? I'm confused. I would, but you know what comes with a white family. Like I've heard it from friends, I've heard it from my family that she married a white man. It's just like, do I want to go through the grandmother that doesn't like me or wears all black to my wedding? Or it's like, now it's like, okay, I had kids now. But now it's like, I'm worried when the kids are with his family. Are they saying things? Are they being racist? It's like, there's just so many other things. And I'm like, do I want that stress? So it's like, who, who do I end up with? Like, who yeah. do I, like, which, I feel like either way. So, I mean... I understand all of these things, right? And yeah. this is like also what I struggle with. Again, because I've only ever dated black men yeah. and black love is something that I cherish and admire. And when I see it, I really do get excited. Like nothing yeah. makes me happier than to see black women being yeah. loved up on and celebrated by black men. I don't think that it's, as attainable as I once did because of my my experiences and I'm getting older and I'm just kind of making my peace with the fact that, you know, there's a good chance that I'm not going to get the things that I wanted in that area. Yeah. Right? It doesn't mean that my life will be fulfilling. Yeah. And I think something that I've been learning a lot in quarantine, I mean, I realized that my life is full of love. And Amen. I don't want to cry, but I feel like I probably will cry. But I'm very blessed to have the support system that I have in place. And I think about, I mean, anytime anyone meets you guys, they're literally like, I wish I had (laughs) friends like that. And the friendship that I have with you both and my other close friends, there are people out there who can't even say that they have a close friend. Right, mm-hmm. so I, I can't sit here and be like, oh my god, I'm so unhappy because I don't have a man to love me. It's like I have so many amazing. I'm constantly surrounded by love. You guys lift me up and affirm me, and like anyone that's my best friend in my life right now. Shout out to my other besties, Hannah, Nikki. What's good? Um, and like. <laughs> I'm constantly reminded every single day that I have that, right? So I'm kind of now in this place of just making peace with having that love in my life and being fulfilled by that. Mm -hmm. I do want penis, though. Like, I miss penis. I'm going to be honest. Quarantine has been tough. I miss penis. I did Um, not know that that was the direction you were going in. (laughs) I'm just, I'm being real. I'm speaking my truth, right? Speak your truth. And if I... I mean, I do still have black love in that area. If you know what I mean. (laughs) You know what they say about black men. No, but like, am I really going to do a pink dick? I don't know if I could do a pink dick. I've never even seen or held a pink dick. What would I do with a pink dick? What would she do? (laughs) (laughs) I will say that due to quarantine, one, right? And the fact that we're getting older, for mm. me, I just feel like you get to, it, it kind of puts us, I think, as black women in a position to think about things in a way that we wouldn't have been, ha- wouldn't have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if it means exploring mentally, emotionally, physically, other relationship prospects, I will not quote on pink dick date on this podcast. Oh my god. We will talk. We'll talk. Okay. I'll meet you outside. We'll talk. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. Um but I will say that um I don't think it's helpful for me to be like, okay, I give up completely. But I do know two things um that I value 
that if I do find a partner, first things first, you need to address your childhood trauma in therapy. And if you're a black man, you deserve therapy. Why are you resisting? My king, if you're listening, my Nubian king, if you're listening, please take yourself down. Well, actually, you can do it remotely right now. If you have internet access and insurance, my king, please, please get therapy. And when we and get sponsorship, we will be sending out codes for Talkspace. Amen. You better speak that into existence. You better come through with the visualization. Yes. And two, you have to believe in the importance of protecting black women. So that can come from a black man. That can come from a man of any color. You know, I want to be open-minded. You know, maybe my Caucasian king, who's currently doing the readings right now and doing the work to inform himself, maybe he's not. Maybe he's out there trying to figure out how to protect black women. But those are my two non-negotiables, and I think that that will guide me. Um, no, I love little penis. Well, not a little, but you know what I, I mean. I know what you mean. Like, I mean, we're humans. Yeah. Like, we're human nature. Like, we have vaginas and penises fit in. So, oh. what, like, are we not supposed to want that? Yeah. So, I'm with you. Oh, my God. I mean, the section I didn't know was going to be so emotional. I really thought it was going to be more combative. Yeah, I thought we were going to have to hold each other back on the mic, guys. Me, too. I was very shocked. I did not. <clears throat> Wow, we have so many feels. Look at us. We have a lot of feels right now. You know what? We'll do a group hug later. Yeah. Virtual group hug. Yeah. That's true. I haven't, like, been hugged in months. I don't think, well, I mean, I don't, you know, I would say that. No, no, no. I have not been touched in months, and I don't want anyone on this podcast lying, acting like they don't get touched. I have not been touched. I'm sorry that I'm spicy. Okay. So what I was going to say is, I am sure that a lot of our listeners and people in the country, across the country, may not have been touched in any capacity. And as humans, we need contact, mm. physical contact. So important just to be contacted physically. Yes. Some areas especially need attention. <laughs> so on that note... I mean, I think we learned a lot about each other during this black love. And before we we go into something else, I mean, this episode has been really informative. I learned a lot. And I don't know, I feel all the feels right now. And I'm definitely going to journal, like, two pages tonight. Yes, Pisces energy. You know. (laughs) And maybe I might book an appointment with a therapist. Amen. All black people deserve therapy. If you were black in America, you deserve therapy. If you're listening right now and you haven't booked that appointment, what you waiting for? Honestly, if you know any of us personally and you're listening, DM us. We will help you find the therapy. I love helping people get therapized, first of all. Same. And I just think that <laughs> the one thing I do want to say about just kind of love and black love, there's two things. If you feel it, it matters. And two, like, if there's thoughts that you're having about stuff that's either happened to you or things that, like, you've seen happen to other people or there's things that you know that you're working through or there's things that were extremely, like, formative that happened, like, things that, that, that kind of formed your personality the adult that you are today there is nothing wrong with either asking for help or seeking out someone who is licensed who looks like you to talk about the stuff that has happened to you therapyforblackgirls.com correct that's the website yep um, check that website out if you're looking for a mental health provider. Um, my last therapist was a black woman, and it was, like, super important for me that she, my therapist needed to be in the same age range as my mother because I was, like, trying to work through my mom issues. Um, but having a black therapist is dope. They're usually super booked, but push through. Don't settle for a white therapist if you don't really feel comfortable because, like, that in itself is another. Like, don't even get me started about 
about the microaggressions you will have in therapy sessions from your white therapist trying to make you feel, you know what, that's another episode. That's another episode. And as someone whose therapist, whose current therapist is black, I could not agree more. Amen. For black men, if you are surrounded by people who are telling you that therapy, black people don't do therapy, or using homophobic innuendo for people who need therapy, if you don't have people who will not support you through therapy, there's nothing wrong with going against that and seeking it out on your own. We already have people projecting their trauma and emotional hurts on black women constantly. Don't be afraid to go against the grain. So we're going to close out by taking a moment to um, just really love and appreciate Tamar Braxton. As you know, I love me some Tamar. I think that Tamar has a phenomenal voice. Her personality is just one of a kind. Um, She's often one of my favorite gifts. I know y'all say gifs, but I say gifs. She's one of my favorite gifts to use when I'm really trying to accentuate the points I'm making. And and recently she was hospitalized um, after a suspected intentional overdose to to harm herself. And I think that we need to have a discussion as a community about mental health in the black community. And you know, I think that therapy is something that everyone is deserving of, right? It's not something that you have to see as, well, I'm not out here talking to myself, so I don't need that shit. Because honestly, if you are black in America, I don't know how many times I need to say this to you. If you are black in America, you automatically have, let's go through it, you have anxiety. I can't tell you the anxiety I've experienced Every time I'm in a predominantly white space, every time I see cops, the way my heart pounds, that's PTSD, that's anxiety, that's all kinds of shit. Depression, we suffer from depression, and I know you have some well-meaning person in your family telling you that you should just be grateful for whatever you got and don't feel sorry for yourself, but guess what? They don't fucking know better, and you don't need to listen to that. It's okay to talk to a professional. Medication is also not wrong. It's not wrong to take medication to treat mental health ailments. You are not weak. There's a lot of strength in seeking out help to support yourself. So I want to just say, Tamar, you are so loved. You are so valued and worthy and important. And we love you. Black women... Again, we love you. There's love you. There's nothing. There's nothing like a black woman. I'll just say yeah. that. It's really not. It's really like not. what? I I can't think of anything else that's like us. No. Like sweet peat sauce. Mm. Not even gold. I can't Diana touch it. Gold. Ooh, not Diana even gold. Oh my god. Pepper sauce. Not even Ooh, spicy. We still better than that. Um. I also uh, totally agree. With everything that was said, of course. Um, with respect to like what Tamar is going through currently, um, I think that she is probably one of one of there's many underrated black female vocalists. Mm. Don't even get me to quote Ming. Don't even get me started on that shit. We won't go there. We'll save that for a music episode. <laughs> oh my Ooh. god, I love I'm writing that down. But I just one of the things that struck me so hard about Tamar's story is that as black women, we go through so much. And if you are a black woman that comes from a big family, you love your family and your family loves you. But sometimes, and again, not speaking for Tamar, we don't know, kind of, other than kind of, you know, her being on a reality show, 
with her family, with her ex-husband, whatever, you get lumped or your, your stuff gets swept, swept into the undertow. And um, I just hope that whatever she's going through, that she is supported, that she's loved, and that she's seen. Mm. Because a lot of the times with, if you're struggling mentally or emotionally, and you come from a black family, whether it's a big or small black family, a lot of your struggles are often seen as invisible. Or mocked. Or mocked. Or dismissed. Or belittled. Or strongly minimized. Or laughed at. Correct. The list goes on. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. And just hearing about kind of what she's going through currently, I just hope, like I said, that she's loved and she's seen and that I think all of us here will always be for the advancement, for the liberation of black women. Whether that means that you you know, have to be medicated to manage your mental health, see somebody, whatever it is. I just want black women to be free. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you, you know, you said those things. I mean, I hope that this episode, you know, if, if at least one person listens to this episode and thinks about how deserving they are to take care of themselves and really get their needs met, then, then we've done our jobs, you know? Yeah. Um, that was our, that was our second that's episode. It. That's it. Guys, lady, I'm sorry. I'm also working on not saying guys as much. I want to be more inclusive in my language. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a process. We're all learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have boobies, check your boobies. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Yep. All of that. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. It's time already. Try to stop it, Mr. No, no, no. Royalty, don't you? No, no, no. Try to stop it, Mr. Go, 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 go. Bubble up and watch it. Go, go, go. Be ruler, be ruler, yeah. Everybody, you're the conquer, yeah. Every king be stronger, yeah.